Hello, I'm Mariette Sneeman. Welcome to Calm, Clear and Helpful, a weekly podcast series on how to take really good care of yourself and others. Please note that this episode contains a candid discussion of sexual practices and is intended for adult listeners. Today we're talking about how the COVID-19 pandemic can influence sexual functioning. My guest is Dr. Jeray Sarfontein from Pretoria, a medical doctor working exclusively in the field of sexual medicine. Hi Jeray. Hello Marie. Thanks for being on Calm, Clear and Helpful. Thank you for having me. To prepare our listeners, at the end of the podcast, Jeray will give us her three best tips on dealing with a corona pandemic. And then it will be fun question time. Jeray, I think most of us have the COVID-19 pandemic on our mind every day. And it has affected every area of our life, including sexual functioning. So can you please explain what is meant by sexual functioning? So firstly, sexual function is how your body reacts in the different stages of the sexual response cycle. So it's your ability to um, react in a way of sexual arousal, getting an orgasm. Um, for guys, it will be about erectile dysfunction. The time for ejaculation, is it premature ejaculation? Is it delayed ejaculation? Your drive or your libido. So it is different stages that we see in in, your, in the sexual response cycle and that entails or results in sexual function. Right. So you've got sexual function and then for every component of that you have possible sexual dysfunction. Exactly. Right. So has the pandemic had an impact on sexual function? What do you see here in your consulting rooms? It had a massive impact so far and it's not just in my practice. We are seeing it across the board. Um, luckily, by the time South Africa got, South Africa got um, affected, internationally there's already been studies and data and research done on the impact of the pandemic in other countries and what we're seeing across the board is that there's definitely a decrease in sexual satisfaction and sexual frequency in general and if we break down sexual function in boxes there's a decrease in desire meaning low libido there's poor arousal for instance um, for guys that will mean erectile dysfunction or for ladies it will mean they it takes very long to become aroused for sexual stimulation and then we also see poor um, orgasms and it just has a massive effect but not obviously for everyone but in general we see that the pandemic definitely has an effect. And how does lockdown specifically, the various stages of lockdown, affect sexual function? So obviously, if you, the first thing that comes to mind that is if you're not with your partner and you don't stay in the same house and there's a lockdown, you're not going to be together. But the research that's been done is th that showing that there's um, more dysfunction that we see has been done on couples that stay together. So they can have sex. They they there. They almost forced to be together whole, the whole time, but they're having less sex. 
And that could be because of the stress of the lockdown. There's social isolation. So you don't see your loved ones. You don't see your family. And that can definitely cause a problem. And sexual function is this fine balance. On the one side, we've got sexual excitement. And the other side, we've got sexual inhibiting factors. And any inhibiting factor is going to decrease physical excitement. And if we identify the inhibiting factors in a lockdown, it could be social isolation. It could be financial stress because everyone in South Africa is worried about the financial situation. The economy is taking um, its toll. Um, we have the kids in the house all of a sudden, so we can't have spontaneous morning sex while the kids are at school. Um, so homeschooling, a lot of mothers had to have that on them. So there's so many social factors that put stress and strain on the relationship and that results in sexual problems. Yeah, and then there's also the insecurity, I think, that each of us carries around mm -hmm. because you never know what's going to happen next. Exactly. Yeah. And regardless of, um, not just about the what's going to happen next, there might be a physical fear of getting sick. So what if your partner is a frontline worker and he or she is exposed to COVID patients 24-7, then you almost want to avoid sex with him or her because you're, you're afraid of getting sick. So that, that fear and uncertainty definitely comes to play. So in that um, regard, can, can you tell us if the coronavirus can be transmitted sexually? Directly, no. So coronavirus is not regarded as a sexual transmitted infection. It is not in vaginal secretions. There has been um, some cases where they found the coronavirus in semen, but it hasn't been documented to um, or proven to be transmitted sexually. But it can be transmitted indirectly. So obviously, if you have sex with someone, there's no social distancing in place. So there's kissing and there's close contact and mouth-to-mouth -mouth contact can transmit the virus. Other types of sexual play that has shown to be a risk is anulingus, if there's oral stimulation of the anus because um, the coronavirus has been found in feces, but oral sex is not a risk. So oral sex is okay if no one... Um, has recent contact with um, with a COVID patient. So, like, yeah, in short, directly, no, but there's indirect ways of where you can get coronavirus. So how can you be intimate with your partner if you are at risk, if you think you're at risk of getting sick? So I think the first thing is to have a game plan and talk about what are the risks per person and what are you going to do if there's been a contact and if one of you are sick. So the first thing is, if you've got coronavirus, you're going to be sick. You're not going to be interested in sex anyway. But the first thing is to protect your partner. So if you're a frontline worker, make sure you take off your dirty clothes, take a shower, wash your hands and be safe before being intimate. And then avoid sexual contact when you feel sick and rather focus on maybe other ways of being intimate with communication, having a nice supper together. But physical contact direct intimate contact could be a risk if you are infected obviously but like I said just have a game plan mm. and uh, I see I see different opinions on with when people touch a surface and someone else touches that surface what happens there 
in what way? If if it's safe to touch a surface, for instance, I mean, you you can come in. You're a frontline worker. You come in. You take off your dirty clothes. You take a shower, etc. But you you have touched surfaces in the process. So to follow the strict rules on if your clothes might be contaminated and you walk into the house, there should be a specific area where you can take off your clothes, put it in a bag, for instance, um, without touching anything inside the house. So there should be a specific area directly in the um, at the door, in the garage, or you can decide where that could be, and you take off your clothes, put it in a plastic bag, and then you wash your hands and enter the house. Because if you wash your hands or you sanitize your hands and then you touch something after that mm. and you're not sick, then you're not going to contaminate the surface. Mm. That's very sensible. Now, if sexual activity has to be toned down or perhaps avoided, then we have to find other ways to satisfy our need for intimacy. And uh, I have two questions. The first one is, let's look at a love relationship in the broader perspective. And what is the role that sex plays in a love relationship? So I always tell my patients that sex is not all that a relationship is about. But if sex is not there, it is all the relationship is about. Because then you've got this fight coming up. But in the in a pandemic, it's quite different. If sex is gone because of a pandemic then it's not because your partner's not interested in you it's not a relationship problem but sex has been shown to definitely have benefits it helps with your endorphins your feel-good hormones you feel better after being intimate with a partner you feel loved you feel touched and connected so just to say okay fine avoid sex till the pandemic is gone it's going to be very difficult it's really going to have a knock-on effect on the relationship so it is important to find ways to be connected in other ways and if it's about sexual play for instance one can focus on solo sex and you can masturbate while lying next to each other without physically touching each other and that could be enough for some people but for others it might not tick all the boxes yeah and my second question is specifically what you mentioned about other ways of feeling closer to each other and I was thinking about cuddling because if you read some of some of the information it sort of gives you the idea that you're not supposed to be hugging but I think it depends on what what the risks are so for instance, my husband is a GP and he is exposed to sick, pe sick people every single day. We cannot avoid physical contact for the whole pandemic. It's just impossible. But if he is sick or he has any symptoms of coronavirus, then we would say maybe we should consider sleeping in separate bedrooms till you do a test and it shows it's negative or if it is posit positive, stay in a different room um, because I don't want to get sick. If I get sick, I can't look after the kids. I can't go to work, all of that. So if during the pandemic, I don't think being intimate with a partner that's in your same, that lives with you in the same house should be totally avoided. It's if you've got symptoms at the time, then it's a higher risk and then we should take precautions. 
And I suppose if your partner does not live with you, then then it's problematic. Definitely. And I think we should always just look at the regulations in place. So in level five lockdown, for instance, you were not allowed to have contact with someone out of your household. We, you were only allowed to travel for essential things. So you couldn't just jump in your car and visit your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your partner um, just to for a nice cuddle it wasn't allowed so just listen to the restrictions in place and you have to follow those regulations unfortunately but it is definitely advisable to and this has been published internationally um, to focus on uh, to remain sexually intimate with only the household mm. partners that's got the lowest risk involved mm. thanks for unpacking that yeah and I think where we are now in the second wave at the moment, we don't really know what's coming. So it's good to have more um, patience and and to understand that everything is not within our control. Yeah. And please, your three best tips then on dealing with a corona pandemic. Okay. So... Um, I had to think about this because um, COVID-19 is new and we have to think of how it affects our lives and all of that. But the three things that came to mind for me is just take one day at a time. We don't know what the future holds and we can't at this point in time plan our lives to the T for the next year. So take one day at a time. The second thing is be positive. This year can't be worse than last year. <laughs> I just feel that. So it can only get better. We've got a vaccine coming, so it can only be get better. That's my second thing. And the third thing is with all these restrictions and isolations, and you are forced to spend more time with the people in your house and your loved ones. So don't take it for granted. Enjoy it and just spend time with them and work on the relationships and one day at a time. Thank you, Jeray. Now, I have a fun question for you. If the pandemic were suddenly to vanish completely and you could do anything or go anywhere you like without fear of contracting or spreading the virus, what would you really like to do? Well, we've got a family vac vacation that was booked um, to go to the Seychelles last year. Ooh. So, And that's somewhere in the clouds still for us. So the first thing we'll do is we'll jump on a plane without worrying about sanitizers or face masks <laughs> or anything like that. And we'll go on. Um, I'll go with my family to Seychelles. Yeah, and spend time and in the sun. And spend time in the sun. Well, the time may come and sooner than we think. Can I ask you what you would do? What I would do? Oh, I've been fortunate to, to have been away, so that was a lovely break. I think it would be wonderful just to go out onto the street and to go into a shop and not be ducking and diving and not be wondering why that person, you know, is standing in my way or whether I should make way or whether he should make way. And I think it would be lovely just not to be afraid. Of, so cautious about everything. So cautious mm. and, and the fear of being irresponsible. You know, yeah, so I think it would be wonderful. I have this this vision now of a lot of people in a in a beautiful garden or a park, and they you know they can just move freely and and even turn in uh, run around in circles if they like. Oh, that sounds lovely. <laughs> Jeray is part of the team of professionals at my sexual health, and if you google Dr. J. Sarfontaine, you'll find her website 
drjeraysarfontaine.co.za. Thank you very much, Jeray. Thank you. To our listeners, thank you for listening. And if you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you care about. It would mean a lot to me if you would rate and review Calm, Clear and Helpful where you download your podcasts. Please subscribe to the series if you don't want to miss the bonus episodes. Calm, Clear and Helpful is compiled, hosted and edited by me, Mariette Sneeman, and the music is by Matt Marie Sneeman. Yes, we are related. Catch you next Tuesday at nine.